2: what's up everybody welcome to the kind of funny games cast i'm one of your hosts greg miller alongside forbes 30 under 30 aka the future class of video games aka the okay beast blessing adio Oye, junior what's up greg not much man how you doing
1: i'm doing good I, uh, I checked my mail today. <laughs> what happened? You got... I, I checked my mail today. Oh, sure, what'd you get? Is um, this
3: an improv bit you all planned or yeah. what? That's not how improv works, Andy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I, I was checking my mail because I ordered uh, an online order for clothes. I was checking sure. an outfit um, that I really wanted. And as I'll check my mail, I came across a postcard with oh. Taylor Swift oh, on one no. side. I tore it in half because I wanted to hide my address. Oh. Uh, Taylor Swift was on one side and on the other side was a note Weird. written to me uh, it says, hey, Blessing, that Andy sure is rude to me, eh? Thanks for sticking up for me. You're a real pal. And pal is, like, written in, like, capital letters with red. Uh, and then at the bottom it says, I don't know what it says at the bottom, honestly. Nar- it says, Narmi Bidog. which I don't know what that, I don't, like, does this mean anything to you
3: Is it backwards? Uh, yeah, goodbye, Imran. Imran. Backwards. Oh, my it's- God. God <laughs> damn it. It says good eye, Imran. <laughs>
1: No, yeah, no. Goodbye, Im-
2: goodbye, Imran. Yeah, there's a okay, B like in there. There's a B.
3: Okay, gotcha. Interesting.
2: That's a B, uh, that's a B right there. Yeah, yeah. Huh, I that's know weird. Who, who sent that, I wonder? I don't know. It didn't have a return address. Huh. That's a pretty infamous and famous signature there, though, right? I've never seen it before in my life. Andy, have you, ever, have you ever seen that signature Hispanic heartthrob Texas treat Latino heat, clicking heads and ripping them to shreds, the glow-trotting, head and rootin'-tootin' nitro rifle from twitch.tv, Andy Cortez? I have I've gotten two uh, packages
3: just like that, bless. I've gotten two postcards in the mail. Wow. Uh, one of them also said goodbye, Imran. Um, Where's Imran I'm, going? Does anybody know? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But then the other one, one of them had the word uh, backwards... Um, Trust. Trust.
4: And it's spelled T-shirt.
3: It said don't. <laughs> yeah, it said uh, don't. Tru- yeah, trust us backwards. I'm not really sure. What, I mean, one of these days, this, the people looking up all the Zodiac sort of ciphers are going to yeah. figure out yeah. what's mm-hmm. happening here. bless. So I, I guess we'll figure out in like I'm 20 surprised. years when
2: we're all dead.
1: I'm surprised I didn't figure it out, honestly, because this is a very Escape Academy-like puzzle <laughs> right here.
2: where. Mm. Oh, Wait, yeah, and it also it's also the exact same puzzle that was on Andy's, you know, that you were on the show. So the way this one works, because, you know, the, po- the, the postcards are my favorite gift to myself is yours definitely took a trip because when Andy showed his last postcard that at that time, I reached over, took out the postcard, wrote it to you, blessing. Then I set oh. it aside for at least four weeks then i was like oh i'm i gotta pay some bills and i'll be right on time and so i put the stamps on everything and then i took it to the car and i said jen we gotta mail these today and then we went downtown for some reason and then we hit them in the glove box forgot for a good two weeks and then i was like wait do we ever mail those bills jen's like no they're in the glove box so i had to run out and mail all that stuff and there it was i forgot that was even in there gift that keeps on giving
4: you call it a puzzle and it's just you wrote something backwards Is that a
2: puzzle? You're a big Batman fan. Do you think the Riddler's first riddle of all time was just like, oh, man, you got to go get this thing and get the sun to shine? No, he started small. I'm starting small. The Grabbler, so, not known okay. for his riddles, all right? So he's, he's getting there, teasing something about Imron. It's surprising none of you have gone to protect this man or told him Grabbing that it, also, it doesn't kidnap children, but also not, not about, about it. it not about oh it. Look,
3: look oh look we have a, a new mystery unfolding here by the grab by the riddler no this is definitely the grabbler. it's too easy of a puzzle <laughs> yeah no was, yeah
1: there's
2: a level one, that one man just right looks here. he's like it's trust backwards it says goodbye imran i gotta go don't bring this over to me uh master of hype Snowbike mike what do you think of all these postcards
0: oh man love being part of the chaos you know i think i was here for the last time we did a postcard session so sure. maybe it's just a reoccurring thing you know greg I'm so glad that you, you know, really reach out to these guys on your team and make sure they feel valued and cared yeah. for. And, like, you know, I hope these two really appreciate the work that you do for them, you know.
2: Man, it'd just be it was, if Mike didn't live so fucking far away, maybe it would be easier to mail him <laughs> things. But here I am, like Jesus of Nazareth with this cross to bear of a PlayStation 5 fucking console cover that I can't get to this kid forever. The worst about it, too, is that, of course, we were only supposed to be working from home for two weeks. But somewhere in the fucking studio, buried, wrapped up with all the technology, waiting for one of us one day to go in there and work from a studio again, is a fucking shopping bag with a frisbee and a koozie for that fucking oh, shark Nick RPG game. Nick is definitely Man-eater. throwing that out by the Man-eater. <laughs> no, I think it actually got, I think it actually made it. Cause even when oh, wow. I went in there one time during pandemic, I was like, oh, this is for my. I think I put it in my drawers, Barrett. Like, it's yeah. there. It and exists. and
4: the, the alien from uh, Destroy All Humans still at my
2: house for Mike as well. And that's the thing, is Mike. We we had to stop sending you stuff because you got to come get it. All right? It's time for you to come get stuff. All right? Thank you, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, Tim Getty's not here. Bitten both eyes by snakes, but I pulled one of the LaCroix he left at my house. So that, Ooh, there you go, everybody. Oh. Tim lives on his spirits. It's Innocent Berry. What is it? Innocent Ew. Berry. Innoc- oh, I guess he does these. say innocent. Huh. What's the difference between that and the normal black raspberry? And then at the bottom it says, "Oh, it's like the thing: zero sweetener, zero sodium, innocent." Equals innocent. Hmm. I've never Hmm. paid attention to Lacroix can in my life, you know. Nor should I've never described a drink as innocent. (laughs) Like, I don't like the
1: I don't like the usage of that word on a can on a Lacroix can.
2: Mike, here's what I have for a question for you. This is jumping off a, a kind of funny games daily from earlier in the week. How do you feel? That right now, we are having a great intro to this episode. But for a lot of these sick fucking freaks out there, it's ruined because all the times I've paused have been cut out. So all the funny pauses, the pacing I'm here, you know, I'm like, uh, Andy, I don't think of myself too highly, right? But clearly, I'm like okay. the Julia Childs of video game podcasts, all right? And I'm out here, and I'm going bam, and I'm making this delicious meal, and I'm pacing it a specific way, and I'm doing that thing, like the fancy cocktail bars. Did, did where you Julia take the Childs go
4: bam? I thought that was bam.
2: You're, you're, Emerald Lagasse. Yeah. Cur- yeah, nowadays, they're all one. And I'm taking the thing off, and the smoke's coming out, and people are like, oh, the presentation. And then somebody's ruining it, Mike. They're just listening to all the words shoved together in, like, a disgusting trough.
0: I would never listen to a podcast that you created, Greg Miller, that way. Awful. Thank you, Michael. Awful. Thank you, Mike. I, I I'm kind of sad that they
1: didn't have... They I don't think they have that functionality on Spotify because I tried to do it today because I said I was going to do it on uh, KHD And yeah. so when I listen to the, the... It's actually not the latest episode, but this the episode I'm on of the Boy Meets World podcast, uh, Pod Meets World. Um, it's the episode actually where they got Mr. Feeney on for the first time. Okay. So
2: the episode, oh, I, I first I thought you, I thought on you just slyly dropped down. You were on the Boy Meets yeah. World podcast. No, and I was like, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, oh
1: my God. Listen, Topanga, Daniel Fisher. I should call you by your actual name. <laughs> Danielle, if you want, uh, uh, Will, if you want to have me on the podcast, I got a lot to say about Boy Meets World. It's my favorite. That'd be
4: like Yusuf uh,
2: being on the Scrubs podcast. That was a big moment too. Yeah. See, that was have a big have a moment, but it was segment. out of the blue. Where it was like that, where I didn't feel like there was a buildup to that. He was just on it. There was no narrative, you know. Well, like was, there, there was a on it was it you, a reader mail?
4: It was. Uh, well, no, they had him. Uh, he was on a segment, I believe, and it was kind of built up if you listen to the, the episodes because they were getting stuff sent from Ubisoft because they talk about video games on that uh, oh, on that podcast as well. Really. And it was one when, when you connect the dots, and then uh, when they introduce them, they're like, "Hey, like uh, he's the guy who's uh, who helped uh, send uh, send you guys uh, games and stuff." So he bought his way on
1: he didn't well, earn I, it.
4: I, I, well, I you're saying say I it. need to buy my way on to po's poppy i world. mean i maybe I, as your lawyer I, I don't know maybe we'd have to have a sidebar on our own to talk about that, but mm. you know Sh-
1: I'm trying to think of they don't talk about video games right they're like they're talking about adult shit most of the time. or that most of the time they're actually talking about inside baseball of what it's like to work on a sitcom, especially as a kid. It's very fascinating stuff. I don't know if there's anything. I, I actually, we've had Wolfredell on the podcast. I guess yeah, that's been the been one on connection.
2: Shows. Yeah.
1: Uh, Greg, is there anything uh, like? Is there anything I can pull together to either send to them or something I can say to get me on this pod? Because I'm not one to beg <laughs> to be on shows. I've never begged to be on a podcast in my life. I've oh. never heard
2: this man beg for anything in his life. He's never begged.
1: But I'll beg to be on Pod Meas World. I really want to talk to uh, talk to the three of them.
2: That's a promo right issues. now. We'll
0: see what we can do. Set up and cut a promo. Okay. Miller, uh, hold promo on, yeah. Everybody, I, I know what you're going to say
2: hey, we'd love to you know, you know you get to the games. I came for game stuff. We'll get there in one second. Right now, we're going to give Blessing the floor. Barrett, start a stopwatch. He has oh, up God, to 60 pressure. seconds. If he wants oh, to end early, he up. can. But this is the pitch that Roger Percorni will break out, and we will send to uh, – This we'll is way too – I'm not good on the
1: spot like this. I feel like we should – we know this by now. I don't, you have I don't 60 like... seconds. Your 60 oh seconds are okay. starting now. Uh, listen, Daniel Fischel, Wolf Friedl, and Ryder Strong. I'm, a, I'm such a big fan. I've listened to Boy Meets World. On, I've watched Boy Meets World all my life. I've been listening to Pod Meets World, and let me tell you, that's a fantastic podcast you got there. And if you want to have a Boy Meets World super fan on your show, look no further than me. I'll come through. I'll hang out. I'll watch an episode. I'll talk to you guys about that episode, and it'll be a great time. Have me on.
3: Hearing that, it promo. sounded like you were about to threaten. Like there was almost like a, <laughs> a great <laughs> podcast. Be ashamed if something happened to it. <laughs> be ashamed <laughs> if something <took> <laughs>
1: Destroyed that podcast. We're going to talk to Spotify. Get it shut down. I don't know if it's a Spotify podcast. I digress. Anyway, I was going to listen to that podcast with the spaces cut out, but Spotify doesn't have that functionality, sadly. Sadly,
3: I mean, does nobody respect the the comedic silence and letting the joke sit? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. I I, what is happening with this generation? You know, us as us as as Gen Zers, because I'm a Gen Z just like bless us as Gen (laughs) Zers.
2: I'm a a millennial, first of all, (laughs) I'm
3: a I'm a millennial just like bless. But like, you know, leaning towards Gen Z, we need to come together because like what's going on? Come together. I understand listening to podcasts on 1.25 speed cutting out the silence. That's a bridge. I will not. That's a bridge too far. All right. Here's what I'll say.
1: Spotify does have up to 3.5 speed, which I didn't know was a thing. That's outrageous. Why it
3: sounds
2: what? outrageous. Yeah. Well, I didn't try that that just try the forwarding at that pl- point. Just play a record backwards at that point. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of funny games cast each and every week. We come together to talk about all the things we love and sometimes don't love about video games. If you love that, come be a part of the show on patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can write in to be part of the show you can get the show ad free you can get it with the exclusive post show we do that's the award winning because mike gave it an award award winning trivia game show kind of feudy it was a big breakout for us last week a lot of people tuned in for the first time thank you for doing that that means a lot to us we had a great time and i'm sure we'll have another great time today when i win as always andy those Uh, great numbers on tiktok I know if you guys have seen and if the, the kids like it, if the Gen Zs like it on TikTok, there you go. Just um, you like it. On top of it. that, on patreoncom slash games. you could usually watch us record the show live. Right now, we can't because of an embargo. We apologize for that, but that's why we're here with the hot scoops. Snowbike Mike, scoop. I mean, well, I don't hold on a second. I don't want trademarking for it as a Damon Hatfield lawsuit. I'm not about to get involved with. All right. Uh, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. There are a number of free ways to support the show. Number one, the most easy when you're buying something on the Epic game store or buying V bucks on Fortnite on your platform of choice or buying rocket league tires or whatever the hell you're doing in that game. Use the Epic creator code. Kind of funny. All one word. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. And it gets us a few bucks from Epic, which is very nice. Uh, if you want to go and support this show, of course you get on youtube.com slash kind of funny Roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every week. Uh, of course, there's a slew of other content shows on Patreon, including, ladies and gentlemen, the brand new weekday show, XCast. That's right. The kind of funny XCast has moved, ladies and gentlemen, from a Saturday published to a Wednesday morning published. Of course, you can get early on Patreon, watch this record live on Tuesday, get it ad free, and everything else Tuesday night. Mike, how are you
0: feeling about being a week show uh, on the weekdays? Uh- you know, me and my gaming dads really loved celebrating the end of the week with XCast and recording that and going off into our Friday evenings. But uh, we'll adjust. We'll figure it out. You know. <laughs> I
4: no, but hold on, Mike. What? Mike Whoa, hold what on. you? Yeah, that's
0: hold not at all hold right. All all all. So you're like, you're I, I, I want, want to bring it
4: away from you. <laughs> want, Mike and I always have a like a mini meeting after every X cast to see how we feel, talk about the thumbnail headline, all that stuff. And I want to bring up yesterday after we recorded our first uh, Tuesday record, Wednesday posting X cast. We talked about you know what? Now that it's not at the end of the week, you know we're we're not we're not getting the dads who are exhausted by the end the work week sure. they're a little they're still rejuvenated there's it's still the beginning of the week and they still have that energy so we felt really good about the episode we recorded yesterday mike don't
2: come in mm-hmm. here being like oh yeah you know we'll miss like the show listen we have asked it and it was what it was so what are you gonna do it was it was episode. Episode. it's not the
3: it's a... position we want to be in but these are the cards <laughs> we're dealt so we'll
2: be there next week y'all blessing you have a question
1: yeah, so Mike calls uh Gary and Paris's two gaming dads. Uh, Greg, when are you gonna start calling me and Janet your
2: gaming's, <laughs> gaming son and daughter? There's not that big of an age difference, you know what I mean? Because Gary's just turned 50, all right? Yeah, uh, when there's that big um, of a gap, there will be, all right?
1: You don't think there's that yeah. big of a gap?
2: I think, I think it's, it's a massive gap. Well Hold on, yeah. <laughs> Mike, how old are you? I'm because me and Janet uh, are both 32. Which means there's an 18 year difference between that's a full uh, child, that's a And, and then, so now, Wait, how old not, are you?
1: Gary's not huh? 50. Yeah, he yeah. is. He just turned he's 50. 50. <laughs> Gary is not 50.
2: Gary is 50. Yeah, he is. Are, are, you, are, you, sh- are you guys? Because he's gonna be pretty pissed if you miss his birthday. Wait, are you guys joking with me? He's no, like no. Years His birthday
4: old. was literally last week. He just turned
1: 50. He did not you turn think... 50. He, no, he is 44. Blessing that's younger
4: than Nick. (laughs) Wait, Nick. How old is Nick? (laughs) He's 45? (laughs) You got
0: to get Blessing in the office. No, Nick is 41. I
4: was going to say, Nick is like 41. He's
1: in his early 40s. There's no way Nick is past the age of 42 at the most. He's
4: not 41. Wait, Gary is
1: 50 years old? Yeah. I thought Nick is is like 41 or 42. I mean, Paris is 62, right? He's old as hell. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. kidding. Paris Paris is the
2: same age as Nick. Right?
1: Like 42? Mm-hmm. 40, I don't, I know, don't how old you old you know, know how old you are. Greg, you're 39,
2: I'm, right? I'm 39. So, yeah. So, so Nick is 43 then, or 42. Oh. So, yeah. All right. Unless uh-huh. So, Blessing, if you're 21 years old, then your math works out. And, yeah, you uh, can that's be fair. a gaming child. Yeah, no, point proven. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the other points we're going to prove to you, of course, that our Patreon producers are awesome. Uh, thank you, Fargo Brady, Delaney Twinning, James Hastings, Casey Andrew. Full stop. Not of the show. Keep recording. Ah, damn it! It's one of those things Joey put somewhere in a weird DM. Uh, uh, God damn it, Delaney Twining. That's it, right? It's yes. we've been saying Delaney's uh, last name wrong. He was nice twining. enough to finally write in on Patreon to let us know Twining is right. That's right, mm-hmm. Twining. Twining. Twi- no, because it is Twining is what we've been saying, but it's Twining. Correct. Got it, Delaney Twining. We thank you for your support. You, of course, have supported. I'm pretty sure as I look through my notes here. For 18 months. So I will now say your name 18 times. Twining, twining, I'm kidding, we won't do it. Uh well, today we're brought to you by I me on time, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's start the show with preview of the show. Preview, 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 preview. preview, <laughs> preview, preview, preview. <laughs> <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, the reason we're embargoed is that there is a soul hackers preview list lifting right now. And the one and only blessing at Oye Jr. and Barrett Courtney have been playing through this. If you don't know, here's the synopsis. Of course, coming August 26th to PC, PlayStation, Xbox. 25 years have passed since the release of Devil Summoner Soul Hackers, which amassed a cult following by meshing a distinct sci-fi style into the universe of Shimagami Tensei. Inheriting the essence of the Devil, Devil Summoner series and Soul Hackers, this the title, this one, returns after remaining dormant for a quarter century with an elevated, evolved concept chronicling a new tale of humans and technology. The protagonist Ringo, an agent of ion must join forces with devil summoners to stop the world's end you'll be utilizing comps special gadgets for devil summoners to summon demons and wipe out enemies uh blessing and barrett we'll start with bless how much of this have you played and where are you playing it uh i played about six hours i am playing it on ps5 barrett same question for you uh i've played
4: two hours on ps5 and two hours on the steam deck
2: oh Oh, look at that all right well Bless, start us off how is soul Hackers? Uh, So
1: you remember late last year when Shin Megami Tensei V was coming out and uh, we did Uh our preview of that game Uh and a lot of people got mad at us because we were comparing it a lot to Persona. Of course oh strap in uh, we have not <laughs> learned a thing because we're going to compare there, this
2: to persona there's going to be a lot of that not saying persona came up with these ideas we're just talking about it from a persona fan's perspective yeah
1: and i and i think it is more applicable like i kind of on, on one hand i kind of understand where a lot of that came down last time because shimogami tensei is established shimogami tensei is its own thing and shimogami tensei has this identity outside of persona and i don't think people are coming to that game for the Persona type experience, Soul Hackers has been away for 25 years, and this is Atlas bringing Soul Hackers back, which again is in that Shin Megami Tensei umbrella of games. Okay. Soul Hackers 2, I would say, is trying to do way more Persona-like things than what a Shin Megami Tensei uh, 5 did. And to that extent, in a lot of ways, did bring me in. Uh, the combat system feels like it's ripped right out of a Persona game with uh, some slight tweaks. Uh, it does have that that type of style and presentation. Uh, you press one, you press X to get into your attack. You press trying like the the snappiness of a Persona Five type combat system is there. And it presents that uh, that way for a lot of it. Um, it also takes place in in a modern-day Tokyo. In fact, it takes place in a near-future Tokyo. I want to say it's probably, like, what, 2030? Like, maybe 10 or 20 years past uh, present day. Uh, in a in a, uh, a Tokyo that is, f- I was going to say filled with crime. I guess not filled with crime. But it's filled with, like, different factions of, like, organizations that have devil summoners, which are people that can uh, summon demons to then come out uh, and battle each other. I. I've been having a decent time with this with this game outside am okay. in the okay range, not uh great. I think the big thing, the big place where this game kind of comes down for me is in budget and presentation. It feels budget uh, a lot of the time. Like it it feels it feels like in ways it wants to go and do personal like things. You know, it has the overworld. you are running around in Tokyo for for um uh in some extent of it but you are hopping around in menus to kind of get to the different parts then also when you're doing things like going into the gun shop or you're going into the clothes shop to buy upgrades you're not actually going into the shop or there's not there's not like a shop space Ah. where you're running around it is all menus uh music is decent at times good at times honestly the uh composer for this game is keiichi okabe's team who people might know from the near games and if you know me you know that i fucking i love and adore okabe's stuff i think the near games have some of the greatest soundtracks ever made this feels like the b team or even the c team mm. of okabe's um uh, uh team of people coming through and doing and doing the soundtrack um it's funny because when the game first started when i first booted it up it has a scene that has music that sounds like it's ripped right out of near and i got hella hyped for it i was like oh shit Let's go. Like, it's going to be that kind of soundtrack. And then you get into it, and that immediately goes away. It immediately falls back to more, I would say, generic sounds, stuff that that oftentimes sound like it could be placeholder. But then it gets into some places where, in the safe house, there's a song that plays that feels very Persona 5 Royal in a way that I really like. You know, I I think it has some of its highs, but it definitely has some of its lows there. Um, The story and the characters also feel uh, a mixture of flat too intriguing at times. You know, I think the overall story setup of you being this character, Ringo, who is half of this duo of, um, es- essentially these, like, AI life forms that were created by this, uh, Bear, I don't know if you got a better read on if it's like God created them or if it was I, I, like, I feel like AI it's AI system. Like a,
4: it's like a, an overall AI system who developed these like smaller AIs to put them into human bodies and have personalities to investigate the end Yo, of
2: well, the I'm a big AI, and now I'm going to make small <laughs> AIs. <laughs> yes,
4: <Yeah. laughs> that's, the, that's the vibe that I got at least. Right. Uh, yeah. No,
2: and I think I, – honestly, I think that's
1: accurate. Like at the start, I was like, is this God talking? And then it seemed more the, – the whole, the whole theme of the game is hacking and soul hacking, and souls have this inherent connection to the digital in a really interesting way um but yeah it is you're playing as ringo she's one half of a duo that is like this created ai to stop the end of the world because the algorithm has determined that the world is about to end and so you you jump into the real world you are meeting people that seemingly have something to do with the world ending and you're teaming up with them to then investigate more the game has this like detective style to it that overall intrigues me so far where the story turns have gone i've been like all right, cool, yeah, let's see where this goes. Or, okay, cool, there's this gang. But is leader, it not presented this, well.
2: Because that was one of the things that SGF, when we saw it and we played it there, it was, you know, obviously a ton of information we dropped on you. But it was the, I, I did enjoy the visual style of it. And then I'm talking about, it, like, the, I, I'm looking at my notes from SGF where it's, it's a hard-boiled detective magical story. It's more of a detective story. Is it, you're like, oh, it's whatever. But But is it like, Dope. The The character art looks top notch.
1: The character art is great, honestly. I think the character art is awesome. I do think the production overall budget holds it back in places where it should pop and it should shine and it should be exciting. A lot of the time, I feel like the presentation falls flat, and that is in voice acting sometimes that is in um how not as polished as some other big rpgs uh grpgs that like you might have seen recently right it doesn't have like that triple a level of budget even when gotcha. you boot up the game honestly there's a there's a splash screen that says made in unity and i'm like oh like y'all didn't pay the budget to like not have the made in unity thing there and also you guys aren't working off, off the internal like atlas engine that you use for persona in the other games i thought that was very fascinating um but yeah like a lot of it is intriguing a lot of it though doesn't excite me and uh, and get me hyped. That's kind of where I fall down on on a lot of the story stuff. Um, But yeah, the character art looks cool. I think there's a lot of stylistic stuff that does work about it um, in terms of character, uh, in terms of character specifically. But I'm curious, like Barrett, you've been playing, you've been playing it. Are you feeling the same things I'm feeling, or do you feel a different way about it?
4: I, the more I sit with it, and the more I get to to spend time with it, it's been kind of in small bursts uh, from uh, here and there. The more I have been enjoying it, and I think that is mm. because of the, you know, it does scratch the itch. Like you and I were kind of like texting uh, off air uh, about it, just kind of ac- trying to accumulate thoughts, and you were te- you were telling me that it, it was kind of scratching that uh, Atlas uh, jrpg persona uh type of itch that you've been uh you've been having recently and I'm the same way where it's like when I first booted it up it, it is a lot of lore dumping at first uh you know I was kind of frustrated with the game when I uh, started the preview where you know again not to you know be a persona 5 fanboy here but uh, the the reason why persona 5 hooked me in uh So quickly when I was assigned to it at IGN, because it was like, uh, you know, I wasn't hyped for that game or anything. I was actually bummed that I was assigned to it for work, but it immediately grabbed me because the height of presentation, gameplay, music is all there in the first 10 minutes of that game. Because you're, you know, uh, style. all the style all of that is like kind of thrown into your face in the first 10 minutes and then you go to the very beginning of the story it kind of drops you in the middle of the story at the very beginning and then you go all the way to to the beginning of the story to kind of put together the pieces of like how you got there right and you know you get all of that very quickly whereas like here in soul hackers like a i think it was 30 40 minutes into the game where we, i finally like got to control my character and like get mm-hmm. into to battles and stuff like that and so at first i was like man this is not hitting what i wanted to hit and stuff like that but the the more that i played it the more i'm i'm been into it and like the the more i get into it the more i'm convinced of like if there is ever an atlas game that one andy cortez would ever be into it would be this i do really like the the sci the futuristic anime sci-fi vibes uh, uh that uh that's really grabbed onto me i also really like the 2d art style bless like you you're talking about like this definitely does feel a little more budgeted than uh you know persona 5 but because of that, I think the the workarounds, right, like, when you go into this shop here, uh, I don't know why it uh, got out of full screen there. Um, I really like the 2D, like, uh, art style yeah, the, and stuff. And, like, the background uh, here looks dope. The, the background, even when, like, um, just kind of, like, when text uh, bubbles pop up and, like, the character will pop up next to them as well, like, that art style, it feels very... Um, like, a Kingdom Hearts cover, almost, uh, and and there's something about that, like, the uh, along with the 3D futuristic anime uh, uh, art style that they have that, like, really works for me. Um, like, this right here, this guy. Like, this looks right off the cover of, like, a Final Fantasy game or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, yeah, when it comes to gameplay, like, once you finally get into it, it definitely scratches that itch and, you know, something that, you know, Bless and I were not as... Not thrill, uh, not as into with SMT. Right, is that uh, SMT five um, did the classic? You're scrolling through menus and you know in the battle system, the combat system. Whereas like the the reason that Persona five really clicked with me in its combat system, even though it is turn based, it d- it feels more active because things are. Uh, kind of uh connected to your face buttons you're going into yeah it's more square. snappy it's more yeah quick. it's more snappy and stuff like that and soul hackers does that here <clears throat> where you know you you press square to get into you your attacks you have to like scroll for us like just once to get to like the specific attack type yeah. you want and stuff like that you you there's uh, a level of muscle circle. memory yeah there's it a, it, it's very work. similar in that uh in that framework um and th- there's like, like little tweaks here and there to not make it Feel so Persona, feels so SMT. Yeah, Uh, there's like a the big change. I think
1: the the big change in the combat system for this one uh, is instead of the all out attack that you have uh, in a Persona, where it is you hit the weaknesses of all the enemies and knock them down, you then get to basically gang up on them. Um, This time around, if you hit a weakness of an enemy, that then adds to your stack. And at the end of each turn, based on where the stack is at, uh, that'll then do an all out attack that'll basically be determined by the the, the stack number. Yeah. So if you hit one weakness during a turn of an enemy, um, you know, it doesn't like it doesn't allow you an extra turn or anything like that right it'll just do the extra damage and then it'll hit one stack if you, if your next character then also hits another weakness that'll do the extra damage but then it'll add a two stack and so by the end of your turn every single time the main character Ringo does like a thing and then summons the persona not the personas the demons yeah. and- <laughs> well, that's you how know. you're gonna
2: get it that's how yeah. you're gonna get you you know they're just personas the
1: same exact yeah. uh, characters
2: uh I, but- dude, when they were giving the demo at SGF and Jack Frost showed up I'm like there's my boy yeah, yeah there's no it's why like Jack Frost always in these games, right to go. Funny
1: enough, I was texting Barrett talking about the the, the combat system, and I was like, and talking about the, the the game in general, and I was like, dude, I already know. Like, it's crazy how the the like the gameplay loop <laughs> for these games are so at the core. I think pretty good in the way that. It is, you are collecting these characters, right? You're collecting these demons. You are fusing them to create powerful demons. You are using these same types of combat systems. The weaknesses and the elements are all the same, and I don't get tired of them. And, like, (laughs) I even texted Barrett. I was like, dude, at some point, I'm going to collect a Jack Frost or fuse a Jack Frost. And then literally 10 seconds later, I fuse a Jack Frost. And I was like, oh, listen, it's Jack Jack Frost. Uh, So, yeah, it very much is that type of game. What I, I do think, though, that if you are a... Hardcore Atlas fan, or if you're a hardcore SMT person or Persona person, I do think this game is worth checking out at the very least. Oh, 100%. I do think it scratches that uh, that itch fairly well. Um, even like even though my critiques with it mainly are in its production aren't like comparable to the production of the bi- uh, bigger JRPGs, and that and for me that kind of takes away from it a bit. I don't want to stop playing it like. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not having a blast with it but i keep wanting to go back to it for some reason i want to get into yeah. the combat i want to see what's next uh one of my critiques with it so far are the dungeons uh i'm in my i uh, i finished the first i guess like one and a half dungeons i guess two dungeons um and they're very like uninspired it is very much mm-hmm. like you're mm-hmm. walking through corridors and you're unveiling the map and cool you get to a boss and then you keep going there aren't the, so far for me, the the puzzles haven't been clever. There hasn't been, like, a standout, this is the theme of this dungeon that's going to So it, it's kind of more of,
4: like, uh, Persona 4 and Persona 3, uh, just to give an equation of, like, those yeah. dungeons. Like, it's not, like, fully um, designed and all out with, like, the art style for, like, Persona 5, where it's, like, you know uh, Kamishita's castle. You know mm-hmm. uh, 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 Kanashiro's bank and stuff like that. And, you can't just I would, glance at it and be like, "Oh, this is this is this dungeon."
1: No, mm-hmm. and I would even say like they're the, they're even less inspired than the Persona Four and Persona Three stuff. Like at least there, thematically, yeah, there are certain things. Yeah, yeah, like thematically, there are certain things where it's like, "Oh, I'm in this person's dungeon because it's video game themed or it's it has right. some kind of cool thing going on." These actually remind me of if you played Astral Chain, they have the subspace areas that are just like dark blocky all kind of look the same that's what the dungeons remind me of in this game um oh this this thing
4: right here that uh, is my little owl friend but yeah uh, i was just showing off the background because this is kind of the vibe i just like got into this section and this uh, is basically morgana right here les you're talking about
3: in astral chain the astral plane (laughs) Ah. yeah thank
1: you yeah the astral Mm -hmm. plane yeah this the the dungeons game give me that same kind of vibe of like uh something right home right home about that said like it seems like there are, like, based on the location, like, the first dungeon was basically a, like, fucking a street alley, alleyways that I'm running through. And then the second dungeon, I forget what the second dungeon is. I want to say it was, like, literally, you're in a, like, a digital space that you're running around in. But it's not, like, extravagant. It's not, it's not anything that I'm going to remember too hard. Andy Cortez, you-, you had a
2: question?
3: Yeah. Bless mentioning that, you know, he, he thinks it's, like, fine and kind of middling, but he kind of keep wants to keep playing it. There's part of me that wonders if I'm just. If I'm enjoying games more because there isn't a whole lot to play right now, and if I'm like trying to find the joy in them, sure. But compared to this game and other JRPGs, mostly Persona, like how quickly did you feel like you were hooked into those compared to this game where it still feels that like you're trying to find the moment that really wows you?
1: For me, with this one, I don't even know if I'm ever going to find the moment that really wows me. I think it is that the scratch that itch being scratched man like it is me going into the motions and
3: kind of leveling feeling like home it's me playing yeah. watchdogs legion <laughs> honestly it is <laughs> it is the
1: fact that i'm getting the that gameplay loop that i like it is me getting into Mike's the combat face. that i like it is. <laughs> Did you really play Watch Dogs Legion? <laughs>
3: Bro, I, I mean, I, I just, I was like, you know what? I kind of miss playing big open world games like this. Like, I, this is what like,
2: I, what look, I I'm this old lady more. and I'm moving around here. And now I'm the construction <laughs> worker. Mike, the how funny- many hours you put into Watch Dogs Legion?
0: Uh, one and a half. And then I never <laughs> turned it on again. <laughs>
1: The, the, to your question, though, Andy, the funny thing about this game for me, though, is that I also booted up Xenoblade Chronicles 3 recently, which I know objectively is a great RPG, right? The reviews for the, for that game are really great, and it's coming off of this, like, you know, at this point, season franchise of, oh, if you get Xenoblade Chronicles, you know it's going to be good. I played the first hour and a half of Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and as I'm playing it, I'm like, I might as well just play Soul Hackers. And wow. that's, not to, that's not to insult Xenoblade Chronicles. I think that game is probably great. But th- I, there's a certain gameplay loop that is being, like, that is be- that, that is applying to me that I like out of Soul Hackers. Got that it. you know, when I play Xenoblade, it's obviously JRPG, but it has more of a almost like an MMO kind of vibe when you get mm. into combat and all this stuff that isn't necessarily appealing to me directly. But I hop into Soul Hackers, and even though it's not as Extravagant or phenomenal of a game as the Xenoblade Chronicles Three, I'm still like, ah, this feels like home. You know, I I know this, uh, mm. and I it kind of it comforts me in a weird way. Uh,
3: did, to go, did you also have the same sort of feeling with Xenoblade Chronicles that I had for um, Tales of Arise, where I try to boot it up and I'm like this is going to be like hundreds of hours. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I don't think I'm ready for that right now. And then I kind of like mentally psych myself out of that, you know, it's like
2: my persona five problem where mm. I really enjoy persona five, but it's that idea of, I look at the clock and I'm like, I right, I've only put 20 hours in. <laughs> like I but, saying, but again, I Greg. Again, more. when you
4: say when you see that you have only put right. 20 hours in, but then the rest of that can be, uh, you know, on your Steam Deck. You know, like
2: dude, just, don't get me started. That's a whole conversation yeah, about we'll, this. We'll get creepy. we'll
4: get into it in October when it, when we're closer to it. But uh, to go back to uh, time spent and all that stuff, and uh, thinking about how the, uh, these games are usually hundreds of hours and stuff like that, and while it did, I feel like really dump a lot in the first half hour of this game uh, in the, in the preview and, you know, taking a little bit, uh, taking a little longer than I wanted to, to like get into the action. I do think it dumps a lot at the very beginning to kind of almost... A blessing, uh, correct me if I'm maybe misreading this, but uh, looking just like the how long to beat of the other uh, uh, Devil Summoners games, like the the first one from 25 years ago was 28 hours. Uh, there's uh, a couple of mm-hmm. Devil Summoner games on the PS2 that are both 24 and then 32. I feel like they in a relative relative to other JRPGs they set up the overall stakes of the story fairly quickly feel like they establish your party fairly quickly um cuz i and i and because of that i feel like this is going to be more of a 40 to 50 hour uh Atlas. at sgf
2: i asked this question and yeah. they said 50 to 60 50, to 60. 50 to 60
4: and that's 60 and great. that's for me that's great especially with sure. it working on uh the steam deck and stuff it, it, when i uh got it there and it uh, booted up pretty well and uh got to play it on there i was like oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play through this entire game then. Again, comfort yeah. food, right? Like, it's there. Exactly. You know what you're going like, to get Like, I'll, I'll put in, right? like, an hour or two hours every night for, you know, maybe it'll take me a couple of months to, like, slowly but Sure, yeah, then. yeah, yeah. But, there, but if it's me, not, like, hooked
2: you, it's not pulling you through. Then yeah, and,
4: and for me, like, where I'm at now in the story, like, I – yeah, there wasn't that moment where I was like, "Oh shit, I'm I'm this is a hundred percent my game." But I, when I first played Persona Five, that was the same for me. Like, yeah, I was more interested in the first like ten minutes, but it wasn't until I was ten hours into Persona Five where I was like oh, I think I really like this game. And I think mm-hmm. I'm slowly getting there with Soul Hackers as well. Just, like, I really like the the stakes and the, the story set up for the game, right? Like, yeah, you're investigating the end of the world. You have this ragtag kind of uh, tropey trophy team of uh, anime characters coming together, uh, trying to figure it all out. And I'm, I'm honestly personally into it, because there's, there's, like, a, a scene in the intro where they kind of tease, like, what the, the villains are, like, trying to do. And it's like, oh, that looks weird and freaky and it kind of like harkens to like more of like smt stuff but bringing that into like a more sci-fi world i like that combination um and just trying to figure it all out and connect the dots i'm actually i'm I'm pretty into it it, so
1: it feels like such a uh, it feels like like a slow burn a little bit but also i i keep coming back on the word the story intrigues me like i i'm i'm not at that point yet where i'm like oh this is great or this is like i'm i'm hooked but i am like Oh, I kind of want to see what, what where this goes. Yeah. Like the the story setup is built around like you know mystery and I think has it has a, even though it's front loaded with a lot of dialogue and a lot of story setup, I do think that the story setup is pretty good. Uh, it is, hey, like you know you are Ringo, you're hanging out with Fig, who's basically the other part of your AI duo. That's the other it small is, AI. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's another small. It's the other small. Yeah. It's you guys kind of coming, ter- coming to terms of, okay, cool. We're both now humans. Oh, you have a different personality because the AI, the, the God AI, thinks that we should have different personalities. All right, we're humans now. All right, let's go find these other humans. And you find them. And it's like, all right, we're going to. Oh, this is one of the things we haven't mentioned, right? Like, uh, Ringo has the ability to soul hack. Which basically uh, means that she taps into uh, people's souls, right? If somebody's big dead. Big thing you left out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's near
0: laughs>
1: uh, and like honestly, it's they don't make they're not making a big deal about it yet. I get the vibe that it's gonna be a big deal at some point. But it is, you know, she is tapping t- into the souls of uh, people who might have died, right? In the, in the scenario I'm using, right? This person's dead. She taps into the soul. Yeah. Kind of gets a vibe of like they're latest life events or the big regret or whatever the fuck, but then they can, uh, Ringo brings them back from the dead and the, that person becomes part of your party. Um, and you get the vibe that like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, I think it's like, I don't know if you should be doing all that. You should yeah. be attacking people's it, 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 Yeah.
4: And like the, the more that, uh, your character does it, it seems like that is going to be like a kind of cool build up. So yeah, like I personally want to see like how that pays off of like how her bringing people back from the dead who also seem to be, um, uh, like their deaths seem to be tied into the the world ending, and like how that's all gonna pay off. I, I think that's like a really cool setup. Um,
1: yeah, and and to jump off that real quick, the this story feels more, in a way, plot narrative focused than in, than in Persona. Persona feels for me more character focused. And that's why I love Persona. Persona is so focused on who each of your party members are as characters, right? And even in Persona 5 Royal, the thing that me and Barrett love most about that game is that they added in these new characters and gave them such good treatment, and like, you, uh, I I think that is the heart of that game. The characters I don't think are really the heart of Soul Hackers. I don't really care about any of these people, but I am, again, I am intrigued about the plot. I am like, oh, where is this going to go? I actually care about the mystery, and like, that's not to say I didn't care about the mystery in Persona, but I think there is such a Hey like cut out all that let's just focus on what the A to the B to the
4: C of the narrative is Yeah.
1: and for me I think that's why it's pulling me in I kind of want to see what's next
4: and I, and I think there is enough character stuff there to like uh definitely grab some people but again like I was saying mm. earlier it's kind of tropey right like one of the guys is uh you know uh one of his uh friends from childhood they've become kind of like rivals and enemies a little bit but maybe they're still best friends and and, and like that's a little complicated thing that you can like dive a little bit deeper into um and And the one thing I wanted to bring up as well that I I, I thought was interesting, and I forget how it worked in SMT, Bless, for the little bit that we played, um, Mm. of, like, how the the party works with, like, the the demons and stuff like that. Because in Persona, right, the rest of your party has, like, their dedicated Persona, um, where I'm pretty sure here in in Soul Hackers, like, you just have, like, a list of demons that you're recruiting throughout the game. Yeah. that you can recruit in different ways. Uh, I, I don't think you do it in battles, like in no. uh games. You, mean, you or talk to them, right?
1: Yeah, when you're in the dungeons, you, you'll come across uh, demons, and it is legitimately a conversation. Yeah. And you'll ask them something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you
4: can give them like money, yeah. you can give them health, uh, depending on like what that specific uh, demon wants. Uh, that's how you recruit them. And I'm pretty sure you can go through and. Each of your party members, you can assign a different uh, demon. 100%. Uh, yeah, uh, and, like, uh, because it's all uh, connected to their comp, which is their weapon that turns into the demon and stuff like that. And uh, uh, that was something that I, I thought was a cool possible in-between, again, of Persona and SMT and the, uh, these ideas. And it's – it's. I think it's I, – I, I'm – the more we talk about it, the more I enjoy it, and the more I'm convinced that people who – have always uh, enjoyed the idea of Persona, enjoyed the idea, uh, idea of SMT, um, but have felt a little, like, uh, scared off by how deep th- these games go. I feel like this is going to be a good enough surface-level version of both of those games to get more people in. because Because of the, you know, it's not nearly as long as uh, any of those games, I think. The the plot and stakes are very clear from the get-go, it's like, Persona, right... You know, those stories usually, like, you have, like, your kind of first plot that happens in the first 10 hours, but then you don't connect with the overall story and, like, big thing that's, like, building up to until, like, 60, 70 hours into the game, right? Um, And, like, kind of similar, like, SMT is, uh, you know, not nearly as, like, character or even, like, story-based. Like, they they have, like, very basic stuff, but that game, those games are more... Hardcore into like the gameplay and how tough that gameplay yeah. is, and so I think this is going to be something uh, cool for people to try to jump into if they've always been interested in Atlas games the, but have always and the, been scared the, off. The way I've kind
1: of been uh, rationalizing it in my head as I've been playing through it and coming to terms with with what Soul Hackers Two is is you know it for me it's almost what uh, Square Enix I think does sometimes when it comes to one well, Square Enix puts out a lot of JRPGs, but like of, of course the big one is Final Fantasy. And they have those stopgap games that get us there, right? It's always the games we kind of make fun of when they show up at Nintendo Direct or at a PlayStation State of Play. Valkyrie Elysium is about to come out in about a month or two, right? And like a lot of us are like, what the fuck is Valkyrie Elysium? But I'm sure enough people are going to play that and go, yeah, man, this is going to hold me over until the next Final Fantasy game. Sure, um, sure. And I think that's kind of what this is for Atlas. I think Atlas probably sees that demand for, hey, Persona 5 is a hit and there's not that many games that. Are doing what Persona 5 does let's make, and of course like SMT and all that stuff right but like let's make more of these right like what are the franchises in this umbrella that we haven't touched in a while oh Soul Hacker yeah. cool let's bring back Soul Hacker especially
4: Especially with like Persona Six probably not coming out for another four or for, five a while. Years, yeah. for a while, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah like I kind of like Atlas being like, cool. Let's do our, let's make more of these in the way that Square Enix has so many different branches of RPGs right. that uh, are on un- like that uh, kind of work as Square Enix, Enix just be
2: making games. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they just be putting out shit, man. No, <laughs> Here's an
2: RPG. Stella. Here's an RPG. You like them? Here they go. Here you go. Here you go. Um, this sucks because I when I played a little bit of it uh, at SGF and I was like, all right, I could see maybe trying. And at this point, I'm like, no, nah, let's wait for Persona Five on Steam. Yeah. And then, but I want to know from Mike, the high-powered over here. Yeah. Mike, I don't know your history with JRPGs in general. Has one ever
0: clicked for you? Uh, yeah, it's funny you bring that up, Greg, because I am the total opposite of these two. I do not like JRPGs at all. I actually really get turned off to turn-based combat. Turn-based, man. Uh, it's too slow for me. I'm always looking for some activity. But there's been some games, uh, actually, of recent that I've tried that have kind of got me interested in the genre a little bit more, right? I look at a game like Scarlet Nexus that comes to Game Pass, right? That has a little bit more fast and fluid combat. It has that kind of crazy Japanese world where as somebody on the outside who's looking in goes, oh, that's kind of interesting. I like this and I'm having fun with this, right? And then I actually turned to my attention of Yakuza Like a Dragon, right? That Mm -hmm. is a Mm -hmm. Mm turn-based game. And what won me over with that game actually was the likable, enjoyable characters and the story that was taking place, right? And so what I was going to ask these guys is is there somebody like an Ichiban that I might attach myself to that would help me get me through this experience? Because when I hear all of this, right, I'm about to fall asleep and hit the snooze button because it isn't Mm. my kind of gameplay. But uh, Yakuza, like a dragon, grabbed me, and I usually do not like those kind of
4: I would say, for soul hackers, no. Mm. Persona Mm. 5, 100%.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Soul Hackers does not have an Ishimon. I don't think there's a star character in this game. But yeah, I would say Persona does have those. Per- again, Persona is so character driven. Honestly, I would say Soul Hackers is for the nerds. Like, if yeah. you're a fucking JRPG nerd and you are like, Oh, I, I let me scratch that Persona B sides Atlas itch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if you're if you're somebody yeah to listen to the Persona the the um, Atlas B sides, one hundred percent like <laughs> check out Soul Hackers. Yeah, but Mike. it's not. It, Mike, I don't know if I would. I would not recommend it to you.
3: I'm saying this, we get Mike to play Persona 5 on stream. He'll be done in 2027. By the time we're in the studio, Mike.
4: (laughs) I'm just saying I would stream it twice a week for four hours. And uh, it took me, let me look at my watch here. It took me five months to play through on stream. So you can do it, Mike. You can do it.
0: I'm just going to stick with Yakuza. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen you should stick with us on the games cast and of course patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can write in to be part of the show just like triforce's power did and we're about to answer that question uh of course you could also get the show with the exclusive post show we do where we're doing another kind of feudy you could get all these benefits for x cast ps i love you you name it it's there but most important for right now is that you can get this show without any ads but you're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny games so here's a word from our sponsor. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two days more to save, pay bills, and generally feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank and A members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on the payer. Have you heard about the legendary underwear brand that's taken the podcast world by storm? Famous for their buttery soft undies and bralettes, Me Undies loves podcasts just as much as you do. It's like they're made for you and you're made for them. You're made for each other. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know I love my Me Undies because they're the most comfortable underwear I've ever had and because they have great patterns. As the king of Halloween, my candy corn pair never fails to make me smile. Everyone knows Me Undies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes, but did you know they also make other stuff? We're talking about durable, cushy socks that will make your feet sing. They even make hoodies for your dog so you can match every important person in your life. Available in sizes XS to 4XL and tons of colors and prints, MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. Any first time purchasers can get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash kind That's MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. Mike, it's time for reader mail. Woo mail, reader mail. mail, 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 mail. Uh, Triforces Power writes into patreon.com slash kinda funny games, just like y'all can and says, What game has been the biggest disappointment for you this console generation? Ooh. Mike Howard. Xbox Series X slash S, PlayStation 5. What's been the in Switch? What's been the biggest disappointment for this console generation for
0: you? Dang, I get to kick off this topic. I'm pretty excited, Greg, because when you asked this earlier, uh, thank you to Triforce Power out there, I did write down a couple. And I'm gonna focus on my main one, but I will give off two quick ones. And that is put out laws and legends looking at you. Oh. Massive stinker, big disappointment. But for those who know, John Push actually brought a lot of fun to the game uh biomutant as well biomutant had so much energy going into it that cute weird beaver thing i was going to (laughs) dominate animals with that and that game absolutely sucked from the character creator onward it was just a very big letdown but i actually want to circle back and focus on the big three of course if you've listened to the kind of funny x cast you know about the big three and that is call of duty vanguard battlefield 2042 and halo infinite all were poised to come out in the same holiday break and give us the much needed boost to the arm that the first person shooter genre needed. And the big goal was who was going to take the top spot. And unfortunately all three of them failed in each and every way and absolutely did not take that top spot. And I think that was a lot of plagued by bugs, repetitiveness of going back to world war II, and nobody wanting to be there. Of course, microtransactions, lack of content. And when you looked at the landscape of the first person shooter two of the three of those games, Battlefield and Halo, needed to take a chance. They needed to step up and bring either something brand new to the gaming genre or they needed to go and make a battle royale, which I know a lot of people roll their eyes at and don't like me talking about it, but it is the hottest gaming genre right now on the planet that everybody wants when you're talking about the general mass audience. And unfortunately, both Battlefield and Halo did not take that opportunity Mm. to seize the moment and didn't bring that, right? And so you got out of Battlefield what was hazard zone or hazard gameplay, which was a mix of escape from Tarkov and battle Royale and just did not hit with the masses and onward to just a lot of bugs and bad gameplay. They called it a walking simulator at one point, cause it was so big of maps and nothing was happening, even with 164 people on it or whatever the crazy number was. And then the halo to have this big lead up to have big Joseph Staten back on the team, I'm not going to talk about the campaign cause I really like that, but I'll focus on the multiplayer of you have a lineage of so many incredible game modes. You have a lineage of so many incredible maps and to just come out and absolutely drop the bag with the lack of game modes and map was such a big disappointment. And then for them not to take the opportunity to make a killer battle Royale, which we all know they could have done if they wanted to risk it for the biscuit and Not do that, and also not have game modes available, ready for launch Mm -hmm. from co-op campaign to forge. It was a big disappointing year for the first-person shooter genre, where we're still playing the Apexes, the Fortnite, the Call of Duty War Zones, and we can get on into the Valorants and the Overwatches and all that. But right there, you were looking for a shot in the arm. You were looking for something to bring some energy, whether it be like what Titanfall did back to the first-person shooter genre, or a new battle royale that was poised to take the top spot. None of those three. Rose to the occasion. That is my biggest disappointment of the generation thus far.
2: Can you believe? And, and I never want to, we're talking about disappointment. So we're using these words very specifically, right? We're not talking about like something like where Cyberpunk was a whole different ball of wax. But can you believe, Snowbike Mike, that Halo Infinite was a disappointment? Like the Uh, build up to that thing, the every X cast where you know Paris would talk about it, you talk about it what we'd say on Games Daily, what we would just say any pocket, like this Halo can't miss. This needs to be where the return to form. This needs to prove that Halo is a player, that it needs to be all these things, yada, yada, yada. And then the delays, the problems, the you know, the huge, and then to get it here and have it still not have or not, and I mean it went at launch. Have it at launch and not have co-op and not have all the forge and not have all these things that were there, and then have them take so long. I, I think it's just
0: It's crazy to think about. It it is crazy to think about, Greg, and it is a massive disappointment. I know everybody here on this panel and probably everyone listening can contest and say, man, Halo Infinite did it on a gameplay level. That was a shot in the arm. That was the rejuvenation that Halo needed in the first-person space to bring the fun and interesting gameplay, right? What they did on that multiplayer and campaign side were incredible. The issue was, is somehow in that studio, nobody raised their hand and said, "Hey." This doesn't seem right. How can we launch a Halo, a historic franchise, all about co-op campaigns and sharing these moments together without this day one? How can we not have Forge? How do we look at each other and go, yeah, five maps is acceptable. You know what else is acceptable? Four game modes coming from a game that has been out for 20 years that has had so many game modes from shoddy snipers to team duos to elimination to oddball and all that in between and only come out with four game modes was such a massive letdown. And it is weird, Greg. It's a disappointment. It's heartbreaking because they were poised to take the market share and get everyone interested, right? Free-to-play multiplayer on PC as well as console, day one, ready to rock and roll. Cross-play, cross-progression. You have story narratives going on in the multiplayer. You have an awesome campaign that should have been shared co-op. And you have all of this building into this great game that was going to be released. And then two weeks later, we said, oh, we've already played that. Or, man, this battle pass doesn't have enough rewards. Or I've already filled the battle pass. Man, you're selling me a Spartan outfit for $20. It just doesn't match up with what your competition is doing in that microtransaction space. Yeah, massive letdown, Greg. Massive letdown. Hmm.
3: Andy, I, what I,
2: hand, anything? Oh, Andy, what do you got? I,
3: I wanted to I wanted to keep touching on, on Halo a bit, because I think if you would have asked me within the first two months if it was a disappointment, I would have said absolutely not. But I think at that point, we thought that there would be more of a roadmap and we thought that there would be more updates and more maps and stuff like that coming because like, first off, I thought it was cool shit that they released multiplayer a month before the campaign that was awesome as hell. That was such a cool experience to have them on stage talking about like, hey, here, we're celebrating Halo and uh, guess what, it's available now, which is like, what an awesome day that was. And even throughout all the betas and all the, the uh, test flights and all that stuff, I played the shit out of Halo. I just thought that there would be more content there. And I think um, we always want to root for and preach um having good studio health Mm. and not uh and people not crunching and people not staying working 60 hour weeks and and stuff like that um and that's great but on the flip side of that we expect to see what the results of that are and the fact that there's been one update with one big team battle map and one arena map And the big team battle maps, I still kind of just wave off because I just generally don't care about big team battle. So we've essentially got one map added to the competitive kind of rotation. And it, it kind of, it felt really bad to look at their social media accounts and say like, hey, this event is coming back. It's like, this is the same fucking samurai event that started two months ago like what are we doing right now at this point so like yeah i feel like progression was just way too slow um i think having these long uh battle pass uh, chapters or whatever sure, they sure, were sure. yeah whatever they were calling them was just it, it was just a long it was just a slog to get through and again i enjoyed the shit out of it for the first two months and then i still played it for about a month extra after that knowing that it was feeling bored, more disappointing And then I completely fell off. And we talk about the enthusiasm we had, Mike. Like, not only were we super enthusiastic, that first weekend that there was an eSports Halo event, a LAN event, the Twitch numbers were off the fucking charts. Like, I'm talking like the same amount that we would see. Like, there was like eighty or 90,000 people watching on Twitch, which is like comparable to what you would sometimes see in a really big Valorant tournament. Definitely not. Counter kind of strike because that's just astronomical. But I was like, holy shit, Halo is back, and the world was celebrating Halo esports, and it has just fallen off completely. Like <laughs> I look at the say uh, I I still get pop-ups uh on TikTok from Lucid, one of the the esports uh players from Team Optic, and I see his highlights and I'm like was this pot? Did you make this TikTok last night or two months ago? Because it's the same fucking map, and it's the same weapons, and it's the same modes that we were playing. Like there just hasn't really been a whole lot of evolution to it. So yeah, pretty disappointing since there hasn't been much movement uh, in the Halo multiplayer verse.
2: What's on your list, Andy?
3: I want to throw Mario Golf Switch on there.
2: Oh, okay.
3: Mario Golf Switch is a massive disappointment. That's just something that I was looking forward to. So uh, I love golf games. I love I generally really enjoy the Mario sports games. And I loved Mario sports tennis, even though I know not everybody loved that game. I, I was still a big fan of it.
2: Go ahead. No, I, I, you and I are going to be on the same page. We both love uh Mario golf. You are better than me at it. I admit it. You know you, you know that I, I, I don't want any of that smoke. I don't Good. want any of that smoke. But what I would actually do is, yeah, I don't want to toss out here and ask if it's all Mario sports games. 100%. Switch. Yeah. Because I was, ex- yeah. I couldn't wait for tennis and then I was disappointed in tennis. I couldn't wait for golf, then I was disappointed in golf. Strikers it was never my bag and then strikers came and everybody seemed disappointed in strikers. Yeah. I and mean, I, I
3: wasn't, I was looking forward to golf. Um, I, I also just disappointed that like Switch Sports didn't get golf at launch and we're getting that in October. But Mario Golf was like when that shit got announced, like I popped for it, very, very excited about it. Um, was hoping to get, a bit uh, more thought out of of a campaign of a creative player going to all the different courses and talking to all the different characters and working your way up. I just want these the same experience that I had on Game Boy Color, but in 3D like I don't (laughs) I'm not asking too much, you know, and and I, I just feel like we haven't gotten there. The game just looks ugly. It doesn't look anywhere as good as some of the more modern um or more recent switch games like it just seems like it was made in a different engine by a developer who doesn't really have a whole lot of experience with it and then strikers came out super stoked about that we played those betas i had fun with the beta and then you can't even fucking play 4v4 online like your your hardware is already so lacking the game is already lacking on features why is it? why can't I fucking play four v four with I don't get it. I don't understand why that is something that's like too far gone. Like it'd be one thing if you were de- uh, delivering on all the other aspects of what is expected from a multiplayer game and maybe taking away four v four and reserving that for just couch co-op or local co-op. It's just such a disappointment. I don't mm-hmm. like i it's it's such a bummer that this game was about to come out, and we were looking so forward to it, and we were going to have such a good. First stream of it, and uh, just completely disappointed. Yeah, and we
4: this. were so deflated because of that. And like the interesting thing too is like I I, f- I forget if it local might uh, have the capability for four v four, but at least in an yeah. online setting, right? Um, the most it could do was two v two, and I feel like the the way the gameplay works and like uh, the you know how you're able to tell who has the ball and who you're taking, uh, uh who your character is that you're in control of and stuff. Like it almost wasn't designed for two v two, and that's the other thing where it's, it's like, even more confusing. <laughs> yeah, and and it's just so it's so weird. Gameplay itself, I thought was uh, was really fun, and uh, yeah, just the online setting and and stuff like that. Just it did not work, which was really disappointing. And even just like the the quote unquote campaign, which is just like uh it's literally just like cups, uh, almost like in, in Mario Kart. I. I did in like mm-hmm. a night and then that that was it. And I have not there, returned.
3: There was such an an excitement in the online league that you could kind of similar to having like a kind of funny clan yeah. uh, on the division. There was sort of like an online league that you could make where as long as you had the code, you could have a bunch of people join and a bunch of people play for your team at random points. You never have to like coordinate, but like you're all getting points to put together towards your squad. And that was such an awesome concept, but the fact that it was limited to 2v2 was just an incredible bummer. Yeah,
2: yeah, totally. Totally.
0: That was a big letdown, and yeah, I think that goes also to Nintendo Online being a letdown for me. Someone who plays a lot of online games, I am always frustrated and let down by what Nintendo Online capabilities can actually handle and provide for me as a gamer. And I think another one, I look at Super Smash Bros., Like, that's a game that touted eight players on a map having fun, and then you can't do that online. Absolutely Mm -hmm. sucks. And it's just so heartbreaking. They have cool games like this that are touting, hey, everybody's going to come together. We're all going to play. But if you play online, actually, can't do any of that. And that really, really sucks. And it stings a lot because these are great games where, yeah, eight-player smash when you're all in the same room together is awesome. Why can't we do that online, especially in a world that we live in now where we can't all be together all the time? It kind of sucks. So yeah, Nintendo Online for me is always a big one.
2: Yeah, for me, I don't think it surprised anybody with the one I put on my list was uh, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, obviously, like the you know the build up to Avengers, what is this game going to be? Yada yada. And I remember when we got it and we all played through the single player and we came back and did the review and it was like, damn. That was actually way more fun than we thought it was going to be. That was a lot of really good. Da, da, da. And then there was a lot of talk of, you know, it's what Mike and Fran always talk about, right? The end game grind and what's it going to become after that. And it was that idea of like, well, you know, I'm in there and I'm grinding out for better gear and I'm having a great time and I love being Captain America yeah. and you guys didn't want to stick it out. But I had a group that was, and this is great. And it was always the carrot at the end of the stick, but it kept moving right where it was like. You know, we're getting Kate Bishop next month. Then the month after that, we're getting Hawkeye. Then Spider-Man early part of the next year. And then all those dates slid so far and there was no content, right? And it just took forever and ever and ever and ever until, you know, a year out, we got the Black Panther expansion. But then it was – that was great. And I'm excited for more in this patrol they're talking about and this, that, and the other. This – if they really – if they can capitalize on Black Panther's success, if they can do – the and what it was after Black Panther – we're going to get you the roadmap before the year ends. The year ends. We're going to get you the roadmap in the next three months, three months. And the roadmap does not exist. We will talk about stuff when we have stuff to talk about. And it's just been like, still to this day, the fucking crazy cloning lab thing. Fran accidentally got into <laughs> like two weeks after launch is not out. The patrol mode that they were talking about being, you know, this free thing to go, the um free roam and go do stuff is not out. And so, you know it broke my heart that they dropped jane foster uh, alongside thor and i'm like well i'm not a thor person like i don't really like thor in the game so okay there's nothing for and like it didn't get my groups back into it even spider-man which came out you know uh, during like the first few months of ben being or, like what the first month of ben being alive like i was never gonna you know be able to go back and raid and do all this different stuff but it was like my crew like you know Golfar maxed out spider spider-man but he wasn't like He kept saying, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it. (laughs) Dude, I'll never forget,
3: like, a year and a half into Avengers existing, just kind of sitting there and going like, oh, fuck, aren't they making (laughs) Spider-Man? Like, we heard about the Spider-Man, like, such a long time ago, it feels like. And it almost felt like they were hoping everybody forgot (laughs) with how little (laughs) communication there was. Like, well, if they don't mention anything, then just don't talk about it, you know? Um, Yeah, that game, I mean, I i had a great time with the campaign and i thought it was like a, a solid you know three and a half out of five four point two out of five maybe three point eight wow, out of five
2: high scale, um
0: high, high scale. Are, high, and high.
3: and then you get to the point where it's all right grinding the loot it's like oh this is not what i want from this type of game this is not what i was sure. hoping for
2: sure yeah yeah and I, again like i feel like if they could just drop content and give you a reason to keep going but they dropped the raid and that was the last big piece of like content content they did and it's like okay and like you know there she hulk's sp- r- rumored to be coming obviously and it was all but confirmed many a time and like they keep hiring people for the game so like i still hold out hope that we're gonna turn this corner and not that there'll be content week after week month after month but that they'll have stuff in there that is like guys let's get together let's get the band back together for Two or three more big moments, you know, where we play for a few nights uh, in a given week, just one week, but a few times, and then, you know, it's it's sunset and goes away or whatever it, it's going to end up being. But, like, you talk about disappointments, like, I what remember Resident the- Evil Village. no no, not well yeah it was a disappointment for me but everybody else i'm wrong apparently you know what i mean (laughs) Uh, but like you you talk about like the lead up to that and what a disappointment is like you know i remember being so stoked at the idea of this live service marvel superhero game and that's coming from somebody who loved marvel heroes omega so much right like i was ready just to get in there and go and have have drops and have things and like you know marvel heroes omega was very much like uh man that was a game that we were like yeah, it's not great or anything, but it's fun to turn it on and they drop Daredevil, they drop Blade, they drop whoever it's you know, were going to go and do it, but then just it never came together here and it's it still breaks my heart cuz it would be so much fun, but here's hope and they do something. Blessing you want to close this out with your biggest gaming disappointment of this generation? Sure. I had like a handful uh, that I
1: wrote down that I feel like people already know because uh, I've talked about these on reviews in various For places, sure. right? Like 12 minutes. I, I've made it no, well known that I do not like that game. But I, when before that game came out, I had such high hopes. And everybody had, had high hopes, of course. But... That was one that I was like, oh, this is about to be my jam. Like, I love puzzle games. Like, I I'm love down. I'm loops. I love families. I love Willow. I love Willow. <laughs> I, love will I loved Daisy Ridley. She was in the Star Wars. And I especially love when like there's not weird incest shit going on in the story. And uh, like all that really? stuff disappointed me. All that stuff disappointed me. Uh, spoilers for twelve minutes. Uh, but yeah, like that's one that like that. Th- honestly, in in terms of games that I played through, like the gap between me. Really looking forward to it. Uh, forward to it. Me looking looking forward to it, and me not liking it. That probably had the biggest gap for me, where like I played it and I was like, "Wow, I I legitimately I rarely dislike a game this much." Um, and so like twelve minutes would probably be on the top of my list for that. But then there's also No More Heroes three. As somebody who fucking loved No More Heroes one and two, um, like. No More Heroes Three had me excited, right? Especially it being this the the first one in almost a decade. It being for the Switch. It uh, you know, not it not having to be beholden to the Wiimote, which I don't know if you guys remembered or if you guys played No More Heroes, but like playing on the Wiimote was part of the experience because it was like, Oh, it's made as a Wii game. And then you had function functionality. Like when you're, uh, when you need to recharge your sword, you would like shake it and it'd make a certain hand gesture. Uh, that'd be a little bit rude. Right. So crank like, get out, get it out,
3: gift that out there. it is.
1: It had sort of stuff like that, that, Gave, gave, it, gave it charm and made it stand out. It also made No More Heroes, No More Heroes. But the, the idea of playing a No More Heroes game on the Switch that was, cool, I can play this handheld, it's its own thing, really excited me. And it just disappointed me in all the ways where I felt like they did not take advantage of um, that hardware. And also, in some ways, held back by the hardware, right? Like, graphically, I didn't like how it looked. In terms of the open world stuff, it's like, why did you guys bring this back in, first of all? But then also, why is it so repetitive? And like, I, I know the argument is that Oh, uh, this—it's—it's part of a—it's like a commentary on open world games or on games that have this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't need a commentary that is doing the thing that is commentating about, especially when it's one of the worst um, uh, implementations of that (laughs) thing. You know, like that's—that's not the way I want this. Um, But yeah, like that's one that. It's funny enough, you know, it doesn't ruin my love for No More Heroes. Even as even as No More Heroes three has been announced, <laughs> nothing before. can stop
2: my love for No More Heroes. <laughs> nothing can
1: stop my love for the franchise. No More Heroes three is gonna come to PS five and Xbox One or Xbox Series X, and I'm gonna boot it up at least to see if it looks any better. I'm probably not gonna play through the whole thing, but I that's how much I fucking love No More Heroes and want No More Heroes to be good. Is like they're gonna announce No More Heroes four. I'm still gonna pop for it. Uh, sorry, what's up, Andy?
3: No, uh, I just after you, I had a couple more to mention.
4: Sick. Uh, <laughs> Andy's got,
1: Andy's been, he has
4: been <laughs> here. i this uh, generation here. I got. one to also shout out to. Oh,
1: GTA yeah. trilogies is another one. i all shout yes. out. Like I needed GTA trilogy to be good, and I can cannot believe that came out in the state that it did. And like like this is similar to No More Heroes for, for me, where I played through almost the entirety of St. Andreas. I was maybe four or five missions away from finishing the game but it crashed on me so bad at the tail end of a difficult (laughs) mission and i was like i'm not doing this anymore and i rage quit and i really that late into a game into a game that like i fucking love i really rage quit in that way but yeah man it it just ran so bad and the bugs are so disappointing that it it broke me um but my big one my big bullet point for uh, the current gen where we're at with video games is where are all the western rpgs at there's not really any <laughs> big Western RPGs on current gen, well, Horizon. and it upsets me. Of, uh, Horizon, sure, yeah, but like I'm talking about, like you well, know it's what I'm a talking big about.
3: disappointment we can all agree there.
1: No, no, no that's a five out of five. I, <laughs> I, when I when I'm talking about like you know the Fallout's, the Elder Scrolls, the Outer uh, Outer Outer Worlds, the like um, uh, even like the fucking I, I know Witcher has a has a port, but even like the Deus Exes of the world where it is. I'm getting into those dialogue trees. I am getting very intricate about how I'm min-maxing my character. I'm doing all that stuff, right? Like there are uh, there are probably small ones that are I know there are ones that I'm I'm missing out on, but there's not like the big, vast, exciting ones that that get me super hype. And I, I think that in a way flows back to Cyberpunk 2077 and how that was supposed mm. to be the kickoff for that, right? Like that was the game that straddled generations and got delayed for next gen by full years um and it's now out and i believe runs better than it did at launch but even still like that it's not the it's not the one that captured everybody's hearts you know i played through it and i actually really enjoyed cyberpunk despite a lot of the issues that i had that um that it has um but it, this it wasn't what it was chalked up to be and i and i i kind of i kind of wish that it was because like i kind of miss having that that big western rpg that like everybody rallies around and is like oh this is the one um so far this generation i feel like it's been more so things like elden ring which I, it more is more of an action rpg of course big, just like horizon big disappointment um but then really, also I, it
2: really kicked the beehive of the comments
1: <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when i look up uh best jrp or best rpgs on ps5 right now you know i saw all the top 10s top 15s that i'm seeing are all like jrpgs <laughs> and then also like a few a few other like action RPGs here there like the horizons of the world like there's not really any good big Western RPGs right now out on the platform so that's my other big disappointment
0: blessing um what do you think causes that do you think it's just GTA eating everybody's lunch because that is my favorite game genre and I look back on like true crime streets of LA right you think of sleeping dogs you think of Saints row mafia 3. you think of Mafia right and like you even think of? I know it was a flop, but um, Terry Crews was in it. It was the Xbox One Crackdown crack crack Three, Crackdown Three, like Bio-mutant. Back in the day, a couple, <laughs> you know, a couple generations ago, those were all the rage. We got every single game was the open world RPG. Do you think it's Burnout? Do you think it's just GTA eating everybody's lunch and they need to reassess if they can really do this? Why don't we get as many as we used to back in the day?
1: I think they're just hard to make. I think that uh, that's probably a big part of it. Like you Ladies look back at time, time right? it takes take time. You look back at the biggest Western RPGs that attempted to release in the last generation, and it is um, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 didn't live up to what it needed to be. Mass Effect Andromeda didn't live up to what it needed to be. Anthem didn't live up to what it needed to be. Fallout 76 didn't live up to what it need- Like, every single big w-, uh, w Western RPG developer has put out something that effectively failed, and I think that speaks to how difficult it is, how big expectations have gotten, and then yeah, like how much time you need to 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 make and put out um a a good one of these. Like the next one up, right? If I'm talking about the big ones, because of course, if you're talking about open world action games, you got Saints Row on the horizon. Uh, we had, we had Horizon that came out earlier in the year, but like when you're talking about what I'm talking about, which is like the the RPG mechanics, mid maxing your character, getting into customization, quest lines, quest tree, all this stuff, right? The next one on the horizon is Starfield, and I uh, man, I like I I. I expect it to be good. I need it to be good, but there's no guarantee anymore. And that's also the thing that frightens me is like, if Starfield isn't good, then like, when's the next one going to be
2: right? Is it going to be the next CD project? Red one? Is that going to hit? Andy, I know you want to jump in. Mine's not that long to one of the things I want to put in there. It's your thing too, is one of my disappointments on this list was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which Mm. I know some people are like, that's not RPG. I think I, I mean, come on the fucking skill no, tree a, that goes that's out. A, that's, a, that's an open world rpg people who argue against I'm, well advantage. i was speaking more for people who I probably haven't gotten into it and it's one of those that like i've played a shit ton of valhalla and i really enjoy valhalla but it's still a disappointment for me coming off the back of odyssey which i you know adored to get here and not be connected to avor and just feel like the game has too much going on to the point that i am just I I and I'm the story guy, right? That I'm just completely like I don't know what the fuck's happening anymore, but I'll put another 50 hours in cuz it's fun to play and kill things and get the next, you know, adrenaline hit or a serotonin hit of leveling up and becoming deeper into the wolf uh storyline or a uh, 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 power line or whatever the hell it's going to be. Sorry Andy, I know you want to talk.
3: No, yeah, I just wanted to to kind of follow up on what Blessing was mentioning uh, about Mike's question. I think there's too much to lose and very little to gain. And I think a lot of these studios, Mike, um, at this point, like we've heard uh, the struggles that studios are having. There's too many expectations and like no studio, no brand new studio nowadays would ever try to make a an MMO because like you look at what current MMOs offer and you have to hit all of these fucking points you have to have a a robust crafting system a robust uh dialogue tree with uh worlds that you can explore and leveling and mounts and uh party like if you are missing any of those things you're going to be seen as a failure and a lot of it is like budget it's like do we first off do we even have a budget to try to take on something like this and if we do are we willing to take the losses if we're missing out on three of these 12 or 15 big systems that are kind of required of these games nowadays. And yeah, I think like when it comes to the big open world games, I think a lot of these games coming out and being failures are why a lot of these publishers are trying, have shown their fear of making big single player games because they can put out a multiplayer game and EA can put out a Madden with ultimate team and make a bajillion fucking dollars and fifa can just like make so much money and that shit is way easier to do um my last disappointment the ps5 ui i fucking hate it i fucking oh, hate this thank oh. you
0: andy it's so The ps5 bad.
3: ui is Woo. like i think the coolest looking ui and i just love i generally love sony products and Like, when you turn on this PS5, it feels like you are driving a fucking Porsche. Like, it's like, oh, like, this is gorgeous, and it looks so clean. And I just hate how everything's opposite now. I'm still not used to it, and mostly it's because I play my Series X, yeah, but, like, when I hit my home button it still doesn't do what I expected to do yeah. and I'm still having trouble finding the right menus. I hate it. I think it's really really awful.
4: I I at least they still do like the one straight line instead of just the jumbled mess of like the Xbox home screen, you know. Cool. Like I know cool. it's customizable. Thank so, you. Finally somebody like, says it. Yeah, it's just like it it uh, is it, it's attacking my eyeballs, you know. Blessing where it's like at exactly. least the PS5 isn't going to give me folders on my home screen because why I don't know, but at least it's like just a simple straight line
1: because yeah. sony knows that they're making a game machine a machine that you're buying to play video games yeah. so they put the games front and center that they know you're going to want to play when i open up my xbox it's like here's a billion tile tiles and you're, you you want to get to your list of games yeah. well good luck good luck finding you my games, games and gold no
0: i don't well, i here am it is. so glad that console wars are still so alive between all <laughs> <laughs> of us <laughs> just because that is, one thing, <laughs> just, <laughs> that is one thing like i my favorite is you listen to xbox players you listen to playstation players there's a hard divide on the ui and like nobody will ever be happier like both no. of them and i, I agree with danny I, I i hate the playstation 5 ui i really think they missed the mark there and could have made something and then xbox stayed the same right they just carried over the ui that they've been building for a decade now and there's pros and cons to that as well but i turn on that ps5 and every time i just kind of shake my head like oh it looks hit. it looks
3: so good to be like so uh inaccessible and confusing. And I think that's my biggest problem with it. Kind of like Trek to Yomi, another disappointment. Gorgeous just wasn't really fun to play but i mean when i hear Bless talking about the xbox UI, i mean just organize for christ's sake i am gonna i expect well, to walk into say. blessings kitchen and see the fucking washer <laughs> and dryer there with a tv in the refrigerator like you just gotta figure out how to organize it i oh, think i'm
1: balling? i don't have any of those things uh, but, but also i do like that the, i always get to shout out the pin functionality on the xbox i do like that you can pin things in your home page i think that's really fun all
3: right everybody coming together together we're
1: coming together. One, one more thing oh. on the uh, rpg conversation now we're par- far past it but i wanted to oh. shout out obsidian uh and like yeah. i went to Andy's point of like how much effort it takes to make one of these compared to the reward that you might get if you, you don't hit or like if they just don't you know make as much money on the back end uh as like a uh ongoing game i think yeah. obsidian I, I wish we had more studios like Obsidian, that would make that scope of RPG, because Outer Worlds, I forget how long it took, but it was like maybe, what, a 30-hour game? Maybe less than that? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah, so, like yeah, 20, maybe yeah, 20 yeah. to
3: 30.
1: Yeah, and I, I like, and that was an RPG that gave me that RPG hit, that scratched that itch, and I, I thought that was perfect. Uh, and I, I, I want more of those, right? Disco Elysium, I know, isn't necessarily a Western RPG. It's more of a CRPG, but, like, I, that's another one, too, that I beat in 30 hours, and I was like, man... This was such a great time. I got lost in this story, and I felt very satisfied with it. Like, I would love to see more people play around with scope in Western RPGs in order to get to actually get them out the the door. That's why I miss Deus X so much because Deus X, human Revolution and mankind divided were that, right? They're in that outer world's range of scope. and they were unique. They were different. and they're really cool. Um, I think there's there's something to be messed with there. like there's 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 stuff there that Studios could play around with in order to actually get our, uh, Western RPGs out that. I hope to see more in the future.
3: Uh Barrett, can you hit back on the YouTube video? Like go back to the prior screen. Um like just uh, like to the 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 prior page rather, uh not rewind. Um remember how I said that looked like like ninja if he was old at the top? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like ninja views old right <laughs> it
2: looked look like it.
3: thank you for going back to that really
2: ladies and gentlemen <laughs> this has been the kind of <laughs> funny games cast uh, if you're watching on youtube.com slash kind of funny games why don't you tell us in the comments below what your biggest disappointment of this generation was if you're a podcast listener rolled on your window and screaming out the window it'll echo back to us like in 101 dalmatians which i still think is one of the coolest things those dogs do Did you know you ever you remember this you remember this andy where the dog they're like they're missing or whatever, and they, one dog barks and the other dog barks, and then it's just like they domino effect this. Like they have, do you think dogs are barking at night for no reason, Mike? They're actually sending messages. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. the are Andy, messages. for you to make it so you know it's like Lord of the Rings when they light the fires oh. and then the fires go down the mountaintop. Oh my That's god! That's the biggest thing to you. The beacons are lit. Gonzo calls for aid. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> they, they did,
3: the,
4: best they best they did it better, better in multi. 101 Elevation. I'll say. Oh you know, my great. god! Yeah,
2: 100, 100. But I mean, I respect lord of the rings for copying 101 dalmatians i didn't know they were i mean i knew they stole a lot of ideas you know what i mean First I'm not off, i mean, lord, of the, lord of the rings pretty much just a rip off of harry potter if you think about it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter we, we'll save this for another time uh, this is for the games cast everybody you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can get the show ad for you can get the post show we're about to do that's right Kind of feudy is back. Can I maintain my eighteen episode win streak when I'm on the when I'm on the it's episode? It's not
3: that long. No, it is. I I beat my be, VR. That's incredible. No, I beat
2: him like two months ago or some shit. I he mean, can also well, run 18 well, miles an hour andy it's pretty incredible Oh, uh, well no it was what was it i think it was 13 or 12 there was a kid who ran 18. it doesn't matter ladies and gentlemen all that stuff patreon if you got no bucks to tossed away no big deal of course you can get it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe each and every week if you want to go that extra mile and support us use the epic creator code kind of funny whenever you're checking out in the epic game store when you're buying v bucks on Fortnite platform doesn't matter or when you're buying your your, your cool wheels in rocket league you ever buy some wheels in Rocket League? Everybody tells me Rocket League is an easy platinum, but I'm I just... It's a
3: hard yeah. fucking game. <laughs> I, I, I don't know know think I'm good in Rocket League. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's I my I first ever it. platinum. Wow.
2: It's we got, second, uh, we got a post show to do. We're going to do Kind of Feudy. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.